You start by wanting to teach your new students better English skills. You end up teaching them all about American culture and even more about their own culture and themselves. It takes time, but the resulting friendships run deep. You're listening to 2233, a podcast of exchange stories. On its face, it looks and feels like home, you know, like an American city. And anyone you encounter, you can meet anywhere in the U.S. And then you, you know, dig in a little bit deeper and you realize that, man, this is a lot different than home. And maybe that's what made it. It's like the uncanny valley where, you know, like puppets, they look so human, but they're not. Where it's like, this looks like home, but it's not. Like, it's just a little bit different. This week, the dangers of sitting on the sidewalk, homemade wine among hockey pads, and holding up a mirror for students to look at themselves. Join us on a journey from North Dakota to Slovakia to help with the U.S. in focus. It's 2233. We report what happens in the United States, warts and all. These exchanges shaped who I am. When you get to know these people, they're not quite like you. You read about them. They are people very much like ourselves. And oh, that's what we call cultural exchange. Ooh, yes. My name is Annie Erling Office. I am originally from North Dakota, but I've lived on the East Coast since 2009, mostly in D.C., Currently, I am the head of content at TripScout, which is a travel app. I was a Fulbright ETA in Slovakia from 2014 to 2015. I studied history undergrad uh, with no intention to teach. My first job out of college, I worked in the Senate for about nine months, and then I worked at the Holocaust Museum for about three years. And while at the museum, I worked with some Fulbright scholars, and the program sounded amazing. So I had no teaching experience, is essentially what I'm getting at. I applied for a Fulbright ETA in Slovakia, got it, with this idea that you are an English teaching assistant, is what ETA stands for. So I was never worried about lacking teaching skills. I just thought that someone would give me some direction or there would be an actual trained teacher there. So I show up in Bratislava. I'm sent to this school, um, Gymnasium Bilikova, and I show up and the principal of the school assigns me 114 students where I'm supposed to teach English conversation, which I can do, I'm a native English speaker, American studies, which I felt pretty confident about because I studied American history, British studies, and geography. <laughs> and I mean, I probably could have faked my way through geography, but British studies, I, I had no idea where to start. They gave me no lesson plan, no textbooks. I, it was like a Monday and classes were starting on a Wednesday and I had to have lesson plans for these 114 students who ranged in age from 
14 to 20, and I was super overwhelmed. So the first day of class, I prepare this um, American history lesson, and I thought we started at the, the basics. I had a giant map of America and all these sticky notes with different landmarks. And this was my class of students who were 19 or 20 years old. And this one kid, Philip, who I will never forget, he was so annoyed. He was grumbling under his breath and saying things to me in Slovak. I have no idea what he was saying, but all the other students looked mortified. So I'm like, oh, this is really bad. And it was really hard standing in front of this classroom of kids to start with. And then all of a sudden realizing that I had given them this task that was beneath them, that they were like, why are we doing this? So class ended, everybody left, and I cried at my desk. I'm just like, what am I doing here? So that night I went home and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do what I want with this. So every single one of my classes turned into American studies. And it was essentially just conversations for the entire time I was there. We debated everything from country music and jazz to gun control in America. I've never seen kids so excited about the Bill of Rights. Like it was, it worked out. really easy to pick out the topics that we were going to talk about to begin with, like just like, you know, the really big ones. Right before I came over, um, the shooting in Ferguson, Missouri had happened. So my students had heard about it and were really curious to talk about civil rights in America. And so it was amazing how hungry they were to learn more, but also gave me an opportunity to learn more about my country because we talked about topics that I had to research before I presented to the class about it. So there were so many times that we would have these like amazing conversations. I'm like, man, I'm so lucky to have been placed at that school. There were, I think, 11 other ETAs in Slovakia at the same time as me. Everyone else was an English teaching assistant. So they actually got the, the job that they thought they were gonna get. I got lucky that I was at a school where all of my students were fluent. They, I mean, we could have debates and talk about things. It's a much different experience than I thought I was gonna have. Everything having to do with race, that was something that I learned a lot about in school, but it wasn't anything that I had really th thought that deeply about in my professional life. And then I got to Slovakia, and that is not only do students want to talk about it a lot, how it is in America, but also just seeing how in Slovakia, how people approach it. It's just interesting that, that these kids would look at America one way, like they're very critical of race relations in the U.S. and civil rights and very worked up about Ferguson, Missouri. But they're very suspicious of outsiders, very suspicious of all outsiders. 
there was a student in one of my classes whose mother was Hungarian. So she looks like everyone else and she has Slovak last name, but everyone knew she was Hungarian. Man, no one ever let her forget that she's like half Hungarian. And I knew that about her that, and I don't, to me, it seemed like such a small thing, but she was just a little bit more of an outsider because she wasn't like full, fully Slovak. Um, so yeah, I think that I learned a lot about race while living and being more aware of it while living in Slovakia. It's just interesting in, like, here in the, my experience, I should say, like, I learned, we learned about the civil rights movement. We learned about racism. And I guess, like, maybe that's something that needs to be taught. But these Slovak students at home, they're hearing about how bad the Roma is. At school, they're hearing about how bad the Roma is. There is no one who's who are telling them, hey, Roma are just people. Like, they need you know, different opportunities for this to change. No one is telling them that. And when we would talk about, like we spent in my classroom a lot of time talking about Native Americans and these kids were just horrified to hear about reservations and what had happened to uh, Native people in the US. And then <laughs> at the end of that unit, we started, we started talking about Roma and Slovakia. And at first they were like, wait a second, is that what we're doing? And then they would always say, no, no, it's not that. We don't like them because they do this and they do that, not because of who they are, so it's different. In Slovakia, very Western, my students, who love American culture are, you know, they were raised by their parents who grew up under communism. And I think a lot of that has really trickled into the culture and, and personalities in small ways. People in Slovakia are kind, but it is really hard to make friends with people. Once you do make friends, you're in and they are the best kind of friends to have. But I like to make conversations with people at cafes, and you don't do that. And whenever I, I, you know, walk into the classroom and greet my students and would say like, hey, how's everyone's day going? What you do this weekend? Do you guys do anything fun? And the answer was always, why do you want to know? <laughs> they were so suspicious about what, like why I wanted to know more about their personal lives. And like once I got to know a handful of my students better, then we could have a relationship, but it was not natural for them to give up information freely. I don't know, maybe that's an American thing where we're, I don't mind small talk. Like I wanna like, hey, how was your weekend? Did you do anything fun? It's not a Slovak thing. Slovakia also has a culture of gifting. There's air quotes around gifting where it's never like, you know, like I'll give you 20 euro if you give me an A, but it's kind of little like nudges towards that. So I had a student who's very, very quiet. And part of my 
grading was participating. That is the reason I was there, like a cultural exchange, but also practicing English. And he knew this, this was in the syllabus, that class participation would be part of the grading. So at the end of the first semester, I submitted my grades for all my classes. And he, I think overall, he got a B, maybe a C. But in class participation, he got the Slovak equivalent to an F, which I think was like a zero. So he he had brought me candy, some chocolate to my office. And that night, he must have seen his grade. And he emailed me and said, my grades are my grades were wrong. Check again. How did you like that chocolate? Winky face, <laughs> little winky emoji. The first week that I was in Bratislava, I went to the street fair with my roommate. She was also a Fulbright ETA, another American girl. And we bought food, I think it was sausages. And there was no place to sit. So we just sat on the curb. It was right on, you know, the street fair was going on. We sat on the curb, it wasn't dirty. And so many people were staring at us. Two, two separate couples stopped and took photos of us sitting on the curb. Like people were baffled. And that night we went out with some local Slovak friends and I was telling one of them about, you know, these people were taking pictures of us today at this street fair. And he's like, well, what were you doing? You're sitting on the, the ground eating. He's like, you're sitting on the ground? Don't you know that makes you infertile? <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> he's like, yeah. Like women aren't supposed to sit on the ground because it's bad for your infertility. But then I was wondering if people really believed that and thought that enough to take a photo, like why didn't anyone warn us? <laughs> Why didn't anyone come and tap us on the shoulder and say, aren't you worried? <laughs> when we got to Slovakia, um, you have to get a visa. And Fulbright uh, hired some kind of agency that does these visa, helps you with the visa application process. Because it's nightmarish. Like, in, I don't know how people do it without help. There was one day where you need to go to the foreign police. You need to go into the office. And so we went to the foreign police station and it's an entire day ordeal. The agency had hired somebody to sleep there, to sleep in line for us the night before. So we showed up at seven. We paid this guy. We got our spot in line. We were there until probably like four in the afternoon. You take a ticket and the woman who was with us, who's Slovak, was like, okay, I think it's good. we have like two hours. She's like, let's go drink. So we went down the block to the store that sold used hockey equipment. I don't know if she, she must have known this guy. But this guy had behind the counter home, homemade wine where it is cloudy and it's like in the process of making wine but it hasn't quite gotten there and but it has lots of carbonation and gas in it and people you can't buy this in the stores like people make it in their basements i'm assuming and it's always stored in like old milk jugs or old like two liters it looks super sketchy this is my first time that i had had it and this woman was like all right, let's have a seat and have some drinks. So we're with this 
woman who I had just met, who's trying to give me this visa to stay in the country, and is feeding me this homemade young wine at this used hockey store in Bratislava. We did end up getting our visas though. When I first got there, I was really homesick. It was really hard to adjust. And at about Thanksgiving, I feel like I crossed, you know, into feeling like I was part of the community. And Christmas in Europe is magical. And it's no different in Bratislava. It is like Christmas markets and people are super festive. And the teachers at my school throw this annual Christmas party and they make um, this massive vat of this Slovak Christmas soup called kapusnica. And at, everyone stays after school and we eat this soup and they do a gift exchange and they drink wine and everyone was speaking Slovak. I had no idea what was going on. And I felt, but I felt so cozy. It was, it was, that was really magical. And I think that was kind of the turning point in feeling like, okay, I've survived. I've gotten over my culture shock. I'm here. I can do this. <laughs> 2233 is produced by The Collaboratory, an initiative within the U.S. State Department's Bureau of Educational and Cultural Affairs, better known as ECA. My name's Christopher Wurst. I'm the director of The Collaboratory. 2233 is named for Title 22, Chapter 33 of the U.S. Code, the statute that created ECA. And our stories come from participants of U.S. government-funded international exchange programs. In this episode, Annie Erlingafis shared her memories from her time as a Fulbright ETA in Bratislava, Slovakia. For more about the Fulbright and other ECA exchange programs, check out eca.state.gov. We encourage you to subscribe to 2233. You can do that wherever you find your podcasts. And we'd love to hear from you. You can write to us at ecacollaboratory at state.gov. That's E-C-A-C-O-L-L-A-B-O-R-A-T-O-R-Y at state.gov. Special thanks this week to Annie for her stories. I did the interview and edited this episode. Featured music was River Went Dry by Josh Woodward, Freedom by the Lenny Tristano Trio, and Walking Shoes and Spunk Lit, both by Blue Dot Sessions. Music at the top of each episode is Sebastian by How the Night Came, and the end credit music is Two Pianos by Tagir Lius. Until next time. <laughs>